What's up? It's your boys, Jordan and Abraham. He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. I'm an MD, PhD student, so I'm your smart friend. But most importantly, we are your friends who read One Piece. This week, we read chapter 1107. Chapter title is I've Been Waiting for You. We learned a lot about the Blackbeard Pirates, about power scaling. But Jordan, why don't you give me a little bit of a rundown about things we learned in this chapter? Yes, sir. You know, we learned a lot. The, the giants showed up talking about big things that happened in this chapter. Their destructive power is massive. Usopp is pumped to see him. The Sunny's running away. Brooke can't stop it. Lilith calls him a numbskull. Pun. Luffy talks to Bonnie as Nika and shows her what the Sun God's power is really about, smashing Saturn with the booming Don Gatling. Zoro still fighting Luchi. How hard is he trying? We're not sure yet. Sanji comes in, though, and stops Kizaru. Homie looks very serious, Kizaru, for the first time, really. And Light doesn't hold a candle to love, we know. Then Katarina Devon and Van Auger, the Blackbeard Pirates, show up and say, mission accomplished. They talk with Saturn. Teach is special. What is his lineage? A little Dio reference in there with the world. And Caribou, at the very end of the chapter, we finally learn the man he's been looking for is Blackbeard. They haven't been in touch. It seems like that might be coming up soon. We're not sure what the implications of that are. That's 1107. Okay, before we talk about some of these things in detail, I want to go through some of the predictions that we made last week. Specifically, I mentioned last week that Katarina Devon is going to show up this chapter, and we're sort of going to figure out what the play is for the Blackbeard Pirates on Egghead. They're going to throw some turmoil into this whole arc. And that's more or less what happened. So I feel pretty good about what I said. I feel like I've been on a little bit of a heater with these predictions. And now that I've pumped myself up a little bit, I gotta, I gotta acknowledge, you know, we we can't, oh, we can't all be perfect. We all have faults. Uh, we talked last week about the Fishman Island, right? And about you came with a theory where you're like Fishman, the Fishman joined the world government two hundred years ago, and I was like, I did bro, this theory is garbage. You know, they, they joined when Orohime made them sign all these petitions to join the world government. What is this person talking about 200 years ago? We did a little bit of research after the chapter, and I found out that Fishman Island really did join the world government 200 years ago. What Dang, had happened, bro. what I thought Dang, was that's all, crazy. The, all that's the petitions crazy. that Orohime had, the Fishman going around signing, those weren't petitions to join the world government. They were just like petitions to you know let's try and get these humans to play nice with us some coexistence so you know what it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong I'm wrong about that i still don't know if i messed with the theory but i was wrong about that that's crazy man that's crazy how first of all you you came in and you didn't even let me bring it up you took that moment from me of of coming in and, and beginning that the show by ripping your your incorrectness and you even said you said i don't know about the theory you had said it was an s-class theory if not for that thing that you thought was wrong so i think it was actually a good thing man and the thing is man you had me feeling all bad when that came up because i had taken over the show a little bit and said i want to bring up these two theories because they're relevant to the chapter i said listen i want to do both of my theories in s class versus f class i'm saying i'm being a little controlling you know i'm saying i want to take all the content make it exactly what i want for for this episode 
And then I felt like, man, if I did that for a theory that was so dumb, I was feeling so guilty. And it turned out, no, you know Abraham what? was wrong. If you had your facts straight, you would have been able to correct me then and there. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> you didn't know any better than me. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, but, I came, <laughs> but I came in and I have my facts straight and you told me it was wrong and I had to go do research to check. It took a second. <laughs> you see, hope that's why hopefully one of these days we'll be doing this show with a producer who will then be able to, while we're going, so I don't have to, on the second screen, while you're reading off stuff, be trying to, like, scroll through the closed <laughs> captions of the YouTube video where I got the theory. That's what I was That's what I was doing during the show last time. I was like, man, I can't even listen. I got to find out what's right. So, uh, hey, you it's know, good, at least you were a big man. You were coming. You yeah. admitted you were wrong. And, you know, exactly. hey, I appreciate that. You know, I I'm a man talk- who would do that, too. So, yeah. Now, I want to talk about Sanji, Zoro. I want to talk about power scaling. So I think Oda does this interesting thing with the two of them, where sometimes he portrays Sanji and Zoro as like being neck and neck rivals. You know, I'm thinking back to something like, um, what's the arc? Actually, the arc, the other arc with uh, Dorian Brogy in it. Like, um, uh, what's the name of the island? A little, uh, little garden. Little garden, little garden, right? Where they're like, you know, they're having the hunting competition. But then there's other times where Oda portrays Zoro closer to Luffy and Sanji kind of on his own. Right. This chapter, we see Zoro kind of struggling against Luffy a little bit. Maybe he's not taking him seriously, but that doesn't really seem to be in Zoro's character, in line with his character. Whereas Sanji is putting uh, at least making Kizaru have a concerned look on his face when they clash, right? How did you feel about that? This is the one one of the few times I feel like I've seen Sanji painted in a better light than Zoro, at least when it comes to combat. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of these things where we've been wondering exactly how strong Rob Lucci is, but, like, this is a moment where I think we can both confidently say there's no freaking way that Rob Lucci is stronger than Kizaru, or else we're going to have some real problems with this second half power scaling it was really interesting and i think for me the biggest question is like how hard is zoro trying because this feat from sanji is very clearly much bigger than exactly what zoro's been doing now we don't know how long sanji would be able to keep this up against kizaru we don't know if you know he's able to show up with his leg and the flames of love fighting against the laser um but definitely whatever he's doing, it, it yes, it's only just a moment, but the fact that Lucci is even taking Zoro this long is a little bit concerning for how strong Zoro is supposed to be, uh, especially having just awakened his conqueror's hockey in this last chapter. Yeah, no, for sure. And again, it's if this was someone like Luffy, I could dismiss it as he's just messing around. He's not taking him seriously. Because right? we've seen Luffy have a tendency to do that. And Punk Hazard, right. he did that against Caesar, for example, right? Zoro doesn't fuck around with his opponents, right? So, But it's, always, it's time... always interesting with him, though, right? Because it's, yeah. oh, I have this Asura thing. And the whole time, I just wasn't using it. <laughs> oh, Kaku, yeah. oh, I just feel like using it now? Okay, cool. Oh, Kaido, I'm just going to be like running around, just kind of supporting Luffy the whole time. Oh, it's time to bust out Asura. 
And one thing I'm realizing from going back and looking at the chapter right now is he doesn't have his third sword in his mouth at this point. He's actually been only fighting with two swords the whole time, which could be an in which could be an indication that he's still not fighting that seriously. Yeah. He also is mentioning that, you know, he said like I, I it almost sounds like you think you're the one in control of this fight, Rob Lucci. So maybe he's in control of it. But also, like, why would you take this long? Why would you take this long to mess this dude up? I agree. It it doesn't it doesn't make any sense from what we've seen, what we've seen of CP0 in the past, even if Rob Lucci's at the top of CP0, they don't they don't scale to some of the like someone like Kink, right? So Right, right, right. I think I think Zoro he can make up for a lot of what we've seen so far against Lucci. If in the next chapter he kind of has, if this if this ends up being like a Mihawk with the butter knife kind of moment for him, obviously right, the right, gap right. between him and Luchi is not going to be like the gap between Mihawk and Zoro at the start of the story. But if right. he really is just testing himself and see if I handicap myself, and like how 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 strong of an enemy can I defeat? That that'll make it up for me if the moment his third sword comes out and he's just like, yeah, we're done, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, I'm going boss mode. Maybe, yeah. maybe he opens a Sharon gun. You know, we don't, we don't know yet. I think that for me, one of the moments that makes it sort of concerning is in terms of the the, the power scaling. Is Kizaru looks freaking freaked out that Sanji yeah, just stopped his he does. laser. Like we have not seen him look this kind of flabbergasted. It's 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 almost his version of NL face where he just can't believe this thing happened. I think I'd be really intrigued as to if there's something interesting about Sanji's Lunarian powers. I know there was a lot of speculation about why he could even do Diablo Jam and why he's able to you know, start making his leg all fiery. That's something that we don't really have an explanation for why he's able to keep that up. He's always, he's always uh, attributed it to love. But in this chapter, you know, he's sort of like bringing up that same light doesn't hold a candle to love. But I wonder if that's something that has to do with his Lunarian ancestry and the powers that they have being something that's really able to counter Kizaru's particular, like making him sort of a natural foil for him. Yeah, I I don't like the idea that it's actually related to love in any way. I feel like right. my interpretation <laughs> of that whole that whole quote is this is just Sanji being corny. You know, there's a, a damsel in distress and he's just like, yeah, I don't care how strong your light is. My love is stronger. Um, I like the idea of it just being related to his Lunarian DNA. Honestly, I was into the the subversion of reality that he can just like light his leg on fire and then, you know, light his turn turn the fire off, you know, just by friction. You know, the right. clothes are fine. The clothes aren't singed or anything. Right. Like, I was buying back in Ennis Lobby when I was just like, this is just something he can do just by spinning around, <laughs> right? Right. So I, I didn't really need the whole Lunarian explanation or anything like that. But if we end up getting something like some Harry Potter, again, some Harry Potter shit where it's just like, uh, you know, the power the of love. Stuff, man. Yeah, the power of love gave gave me this ability. I'm gonna be like Oda, what you 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 fucked up with this. That just walk that back. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. I was bringing some of those theories about the power of love being the 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 thing in the One Piece. You know, wealth, power, fame doesn't have love. That's the one thing it's missing. 
I'll say that what I think is interesting about watching this shift, and I think this is one of the things that will come up later in some of our next discussion. Actually, that's also this discussion, is I'm really intrigued as to what all of this kind of means for our battle with the world government. You know, in thinking about the power scaling, I know we talked about how the giants just being big doesn't necessarily make you strong. But one Mm -hmm. thing that's really significant about seeing them in the beginning of this chapter is they just show up and like freaking wreck warships. Yep. Like when they run up on a giant ship, it's like, oh, you got a battleship. That's cute. Uh, our dudes just jump in and and like two of them hit it and it's literally just like going down immediately and so I think there's this real question of when we talk about the straw hat grand fleet and whatever that's going to mean for the end of the story that's a real level of power not to mention having Sanji seem like he might be able to fight Kizaru is a real level of power Mm mm-hmm but I think so. I'm really intrigued as to what this means for both, like, you know, how is the Straw Hats going to fight up against the world government as far as a fleet? And one question I just have for you, in addition to that, is with Kizaru, like, what's going to happen when we beat him? Because we don't kill dudes. Yeah. And, and normally it's the government comes in and takes dudes that we've beaten in. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen to this dude? So I think to your point about the giants and wrecking these battleships and whatnot, I, I think that's essentially going to be their purpose for this arc, right? And in the final war, mm. the kind of the Grand Fleet, they're not going to be fighting any of the big names. They're going to be the, 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 the fodder killers, right? For lack of a better word. And in Egghead, you know, we have all these battleships that are going to, that would otherwise sink the Sunny if, the, if they're not taken care of. And conveniently, we have these giants that can just like one shot battleships on their own. As for Kizaru versus Sanji, from what I've I from what I've followed for the longest time, a lot of people when they're projecting matchups against the world government have pitted Sanji against Kizaru. I think their color right. schemes are similar, and yeah, so I could see they both seem to fight like with Sanji's... kicks as well. It's kind of like leg stuff, kick stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're both like you know Sanji's blonde, Kizaru is like his his color theme is like yellow. I don't know how much all of that stuff really matters. But I can I definitely expect the big three to scale at least to Admiral level by the end of the story. So it's just in terms really, of I guess in ahead, terms of ahead, final match in terms of final matchups against the world government though, I don't expect I don't expect us to be fighting any of the admirals maybe outside of Akainu. And maybe maybe Green Bull as well, because Green Bull right. kind of rides a kind of nuts a little bit. But yeah, bro, he he rides in those nuts. He bro. does. He really <laughs> does. So outside of those two, I don't really know how much of a role Fujitora and uh and uh Kizaru are gonna be playing in the final war. And I guess I'm I'm trying to remember all the things you asked me. As for this arc. Once Kizaru is defeated, which I do expect him to be defeated, like they're not they're not just gonna like sail away with Kizaru perfectly healthy and right. him not him not trying to shoot them down. Once he's defeated, maybe Saturn will, you know, be on some type of time where he's like, I don't accept failure, and you know the classic villain trope where mm-hmm. oh my subordinate let me down, let me murder my subordinate. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like RDC's put out a lot of videos about that kind of stuff. 
Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's something Saturn's gonna do. Unless unless Kizaru actually like betrays him in the arc similar to how Vegapunk did. Which was I one think... of the theories we brought up in S class versus F class that we both yeah, saw with yeah, S class. Yeah. Obviously you yeah. had reservations about Akainu, but all the rest of them yeah. potentially being able to shift def- sides was an interesting possibility. Happen. Could definitely happen. My in my opinion, I think Saturn and Kizaru just both lose. The marine battleships are all destroyed by the giant, and the straw hats just bounce. And it's almost like the straw hats announcement as a true Yonko level crew because you have all of these world government agents on a world government island, and they just take a massive L because you're fighting a Yonko, right? And they know not to mess with the Yonko. So that's kind of what I I would expect out of this arc. I don't expect any further repercussions from Kizaru. I don't expect him to end up in Impel Down. I don't expect him to be dead. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless unless Saturn the, kills him, unless, yeah. Unless Saturn kills yeah, him, yeah, exactly. Unless we get the go down the route of Kizaru betraying the world government and Saturn right. killing him. Well, you know, I'll tell you because that's one of the things that really does make me interested in how the chapter's gonna and how this like may in thinking Oda might subvert our expectations with some of this is that specific idea of we don't we don't have a except for ones like full body who's a scumbag we don't really have a, an example of what is going to what would happen to someone who's defeated like that so really just thinking he's going to lose seems a little yeah. bit shallow to me i think the the options that you brought up are like interesting and creative and i think would be more likely than just a normal kizaru loses but we're going to be getting a lot of subverted expectations this chapter, yeah. I think, or this this arc, I think. I think we got more of those coming. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about, honestly, the most important thing that I think happened this chapter, which was Katarina Devon showing up. All she did was touch Saturn's leg. And then they left. They had a little bit of a back and forth with, with, with Saturn, and then they were just gone. So what do you think was the reason why they, they showed up? What do you think touching you know, Saturn's leg is going to help like them accomplish. You have any ideas for me? Bro, so, you know, I know we're not doing this in S-class versus F-class, Yeah. but I has, did see a really interesting theory that I think is really cool about they were showing up to get Robin. And potentially mm-hmm. that mission's already been accomplished. Like, yes, she touched Saturn, but that might not have actually been why she was there. That Robin has potentially already been kidnapped by the Blackbeard Pirates, in I think Koyaki Channel was another Japanese one was the first one I initially saw this, but in 1078 I think we saw Robin with no injury and she runs off with Atlas to some room we don't know anything about. We don't see anything from her for another like 12 chapters until 1090, and everyone is freaking out during the Buster call and Robin is chill and sleeping and like we know that this is a woman who she received the PTSD award. From you yep. just a few weeks yep. ago. Yeah. Robin sleeping during a buster call? That doesn't make any sense. She should be freaking out just like the rest of the crew. And so it's interesting to think with Katarina Devon went to disguise herself, uh, yeah. if that's potentially part of the reason that they were there to try and kidnap Robin, someone who can read the poem glyphs. So do you think so you think that, that Robin that we saw was Katarina uh, like as an imposter? 
something like that. I mean, we don't know exactly how Katarina's powers even work at this point, but I think mm-hmm. it might be that she's not the actual Robin, or at the very least, maybe they like they yeah, did yeah. something to her because she showed up with injuries on her head. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very likely that she got like attacked by the Blackbeard pirates. It would seem odd to me that like if that's Katarina, and then we see Katarina confronting um, Saturn, right? That would have meant that. Robin would have had to, you know, disappear from the crew again if, you know, if if Katarina is impersonating Robin. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we'll just, it'll be very, there's no way the crew is going to, like, leave Egghead and be like, oh, wait, where's Robin? You know? And then we find out, oh, like, Lafitte snatched her or something like that. I think it's, there's a good chance she did get jumped by them and managed to, like, maybe fight, fight, fight them off. I feel like they wouldn't off-screen Robin fighting him off, though. If they, like, went to jump Robin, it seems to me, especially because they say mission accomplished, I don't know if there's a way for them to, you know, again, we don't, what if, like, Katarina Devon's, oh, dang, bro, if they, if she could, like, because she doesn't just have, like, the clone clone fruit, like, you know, Bon Clay, where it's just a very simple, you touch them, you can turn your face into them. Like, what if potentially you can do something like draining some amount of knowledge, draining, like, it's a it's it is a mythical zone type fruit, and so if yeah. you do it, and it's like yeah, there's there's some funky thing that happens, and they get some they take some kind of damage, but you had to get them in a separate location, and she was able to actually take some of Robin's knowledge, which is part of why the fighting, some of the, yeah. the wounds, and now she's like mission accomplished. We're gonna be a little bit opportunistic, try and get something from Saturn, and run away. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, that's an interesting thought, right? I don't I. None of the animes that I've ever had like nine-tailed foxes, like nine-tailed foxes in, have mm. I ever seen that kind of ability, right? You know, in like Yu Yu Hakusho and Naruto, like this whole idea of like transformation and whatnot, like that is a very like that's that's what you know the nine tails is kind of like known for with right. other abilities. So I'd be a little bit surprised by that, but you know, it's like you said, it's a mythical zone. I wouldn't have a hard time accepting that. There are some unique abilities that it has that other fruits don't. I personally think that we know that Blackbeard Blackbeard said straight up to, to Kobe or Garp, whoever it was, that I want to become a sovereign, right? I want to I want to have like essentially my own nation in like the world government. Right. And we know that in the first half of the time skip, he was able to use like him capturing Ace to leverage like basically gain leverage and move himself up this like social standing ladder and maybe if he now has someone on his crew who can transform into a fucking gorosei right who knows what kind of like propaganda if you know you have all of a sudden you you think you have saturn on the other side of the denden mushi and he's he's right, saying right, all these right. other things <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know exactly what he'd use it for but we did just recently get a goal stated from blackbeard that he wants to become a sovereign and it seems like they were, it seems like they very clearly were waiting for a celestial dragon to come down from marriage was right. Because they show up mm. and they're like, you guys made it so easy for us. You know, you, you, you came, right, you right, came right, down from right. your perch. Right. So I actually think they're, I think it's more likely their target really was Saturn rather mm. than being someone like Robin. I do kind of wonder how they knew Saturn was even on Egghead. Because That's what I was I wondering, right? Like, surely that wouldn't just be publicized. No, I don't think it would be. But we know that 
some of these Yonko crews, like the Big Mom Pirates, have ridiculous intelligence networks. So maybe the Blackbeard right. Pirates have something akin to that. Yeah. I'll say that, you know, what I, one of the things that I do like about the theory that they're coming to try and get Robin is the fact that they're trying to get Pudding at the same time. Someone else who can read the Poneglyph. So you said, okay, we're going to send Aokiji and whomever out to get Pudding. We're going to send... Uh, we're going to send frickin' Katarina Devon and we're going to send Katarina Devon and what's it, Van, Van Auger to go ahead and get Robin. But there's definitely, there's no question that the idea that them getting Saturn, and I'll say too, if because Car- Caribou could be leaking this information. If he's been leaking the information the whole time, yep. now yep. it seems like it'd be a little bit quick for them to be like, for them to be able to show up already just from caribou being like, yo, just so you know, you know, we've been on egghead for like a day, but you should hurry up and show up here. Then yeah. again, with Van August fruit, the warp warp fruit, but there's no question that being able to impersonate one of the five elders is an incredibly useful tool for someone like Blackbeard. Yeah. And there's a real question. I think just finding out what the world, or as it's said in Japanese, Za Warido. You know, that's the actual Japanese, you know, for, for the world. Yeah. Um, I think the idea, that, you know, when you talk about them trying to get the world, you know, the only thing I can think of in a show that's really where that's really been the goal of the pro, of the main bad guy is, is Full Metal Alchemist. You know, he's opened up a giant transmutation circle and literally coming out of the giant eye is like half the freaking planet from the, the eclipse, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's there's no question that taking on the five elders, being able to have the power that the five elders do and being able to manipulate people at that level in the world, both politically and potentially and impersonating them is going to be really important. It's just really a question to me of like, are, can you really impersonate the five elders? Will that really fool freaking the other five elders? Are they not too big time for that? I don't know. We've already kind of seen an analogous situation in Alabaster. We saw what Crocodile was able to incite in Alabaster when he impersonated, um, what's his name, uh, Cobra. Cobra, and right, right, granted, right. that was to the masses, right? But maybe Blackbeard's whole idea is, you know, you impersonate Saturn and you stir up some shit, and the whole world is like, look at what the Gorosei are doing, right? Kind of analogous to what happened in Alabaster. Well, and I just, I saying- do want to. Yeah. We've both been saying this whole arc. Like every time we're like, "Yo, is this person switching sides?" Like we're like, "Is Kidara switching sides? Is Caribou switching yeah. sides?" Like whatever. Every time we do that, we're just like, "Yo, it's like if you saw your boss was a giant spider demon, like would you maybe change sides?" Yeah. <laughs> and definitely, if you know these like elders are running things, and Blackbeard yeah. can go out and show everyone, like, "Yo, this dude's actually a giant spider demon." Like, that's definitely got to be something that can, uh, you know, ruffle some feathers, one might say, in the world. Yeah. Now, real quick, just to wrap up the chapter, I want to talk about uh, Blackbeard's lineage. You've said Mm -hmm. a couple of times on on the pod that you think Blackbeard could be a buccaneer, that you like the idea of Blackbeard being a buccaneer. Yes. I have made it very clear. I do not like that idea whatsoever. Dang, why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me? Well, no. Why don't you tell me a little bit of what you thought about this whole lineage shock? Do you think that is a reference to something like the Buccaneers, or do you think it's uh, alluding to something different? 
It's a good question, right? Like I, the thing is, I don't have a better idea of what it might be than the Buccaneers. And in some ways, right, I am going to be like, yeah, this is kind of lazy writing if it's the Buccaneers. In the same way that we just learned what Nika was in a random drop. And then within the same arc, it turns out that Luffy is Nika the Sun God, as opposed to us having got that, you know, ages in advance. Now, maybe if we go back and read, we're going to find a bunch of hints about the Buccaneers being something. But definitely it would have been nice to not have just had the Buccaneers introduced now, but to... And then had Blackbeard just be a buccaneer, but to have sort of had hints of that throughout the rest of the story. And I don't know who else might be buccaneer, but to me, it's the only kind of options we have are like buccaneer, which sort of implies that there might be some amount of ability that has to do with willpower, that has to do with that could potentially be related to the devil fruits, not working on them, the, to what he's able to do with nullifying other people's fruits, being able to neutralize things with 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 the interesting buccaneer willpower stuff. But otherwise, it could potentially just be, is he like part of the rocks? Is he something else? Like, is he, is he part of the Zebek family? Obviously, his ship is called the Saber of Zebek. That's one of the obvious answers too, and that seems a little bit, but to me, that's also just feel like that would be more disappointing to me because that just feels a little bit late. Like, oh, the bad guy is just like Rox's kid. Yeah, I, I when I first read it, where my head first went was that when I think of lineage, I think I don't think so much of like race. I more think of like your your like family, familial lineage. Right, right, right. right. When I hear when I when I hear people talk about like Luffy's lineage, you know, it's like Luffy's father is Dragon and his grandfather is Garp. It's like look at this. Like, this is a ridiculous family, right? And I understand what you mean where it would feel lazy or cliched if the big bad 40 years ago was rocks and now, you know, the current, one of the current big bads is just his his son, right? But that is where my mind first went. When I heard about, oh, his lineage, I was like, this makes me think that Blackbeard is just related to rocks in some way. And one 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 reason why I think people like Whitebeard, especially so we know Whitebeard was on the Rocks Rocks's pirate crew, right? right so right, you might think, well, why wouldn't Whitebeard have known that Blackbeard was uh, Rocks's son if he was on the same he was on Rocks's crew? And and I think Blackbeard is forty, and God Valley happened thirty eight years ago, so Blackbeard would have been two. When the God right. Valley incident happened, right. he would have been born while Whitebeard was still on Rox's ship, and to me that seems like that's the explanation would be similar to Ace Ace's birth, right? Where it was kind of hidden, he was kind of like a bastard child, you know, where maybe Rox was just out here, um, messing with some some random girl, and got her. Maybe it was like a celestial dragon that he got pregnant or something like that. Hey, listen, listen, hold on, man. That's a little too close to home for me today. <laughs> That's a little too close to home for me today right now. <laughs> listen, we're a little too close to home for me today right now. Listen, you know what I'm hey. saying? Uh, we don't need to tell everyone all the details, but you it's know, okay. long, we, you know, long story short, your business is your business, <laughs> Your business is your business. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Blackbeard didn't necessarily need to be on the ship. He could have just been growing up on some random island uh in the west blue maybe right and yeah that's so that's what that's what lineage made me think of not so much of 
race and buccaneer and all that other stuff, but more like familial well, I, lineage. I'll say, like, you know, we've known about Teacher's body being weird or whatever for a long time. And I think part of that is one of those things where Whitebeard, whatever it is, the lineage, I think it's definitely something that Whitebeard knows. And that's why he's was keeping Teach under his wing. That's partly why he was trying to tell, had a bad feeling, was trying to tell Ace not to go after him, even though the cardinal sin from Whitebeard is killing one of his men. He's never going to forgive it. That's something we were given very early with him. I think that, I, so I'm intrigued, right? And one thing is, I remember that S class, F class, we brought up the theory about being able to pass on your will that potentially being the Buccaneers power. And it would be really interesting if he had had the will passed on, whether it's from rocks, whether it's from someone else, but that's something that makes his body special is the fact that he kind of like the robot in that theory, had had a will passed on to him that allows him to sort of have the two different devil fruits that allows him that. And that would be something that would, if it was the Buccaneer, uh, if it's the, that's the Buccaneers power, that's something that would allow it to be both about lineage and about what's passed down to him and about him being a Buccaneer. But I think too, when I'm thinking about the lineage, one thing that it start, I start getting excited about is thinking about that whatever the Buccaneers' original sin is, whatever it was that made them so dangerous to the world government and they don't want to get them out of there and they got to kill all these people, it could be that he's not – maybe he's not Rox's kid. Now, you know, who knows if Rox is a Buccaneer or whatever. I don't know. But that he's part of the lineage of whatever has been passed down from the people who originally opposed the world government or did whatever cardinal sin the, that the Buccaneers committed from the very beginning. Yeah, I I I think it's definitely an interesting possibility and something that Oda can like elaborate further. I just it's it's really hard to speculate with how little we we know about these races and a lot of these races just getting revealed into the story so recently, like the Lunarians and the Buccaneers and whatnot. Right. Again, we talked we talked for a long time about what we think this whole idea of like a physical manifestation of inherited will and whatnot. And you know how, how I feel about that. We don't need to get into all of that again. But <laughs> I think it's an interesting possibility. Right. But I'm, 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 I'm not the biggest fan of like inherited will being something that can be, that is, is something tangible that can be physically passed down from one person to another rather than, you know, mentally or, you know, philosophically. Well, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to see. You know, I think one thing that I really think about, too, is like, I definitely don't think we're getting a new race at this point in the story either. We've got enough of those. We'd heard about Big Mom not having three races or whatever left. I don't remember exactly. It seems like that's probably the Onis, like Kaido, the Lunarians, maybe the maybe the maybe the Buccaneers, you know, I probably, think three yeah. because of pudding. Yeah. So it's inter- I think we've got enough race stuff. It'll be interesting to to figure out what's what potentially was passed down to Blackbeard. But you know something that you definitely, you know, I know you don't like the idea of 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 linear of whales being passed down. You know something you can pass down to people. Awards. That's what we were passing awards down to people yes. for the chapter, like we do yeah. every single week in our awards show segment. Abraham, do you have an award you would like to give this chapter? I do. I do. I do. My award is gonna go to Vice Admiral Red King. I think was I think was his name Red King, the dude with the crazy neck. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> bro, he had a crazy neck. Bro, he had a crazy neck. Crazy. <laughs> All I have to say is the whole battle 
in my opinion, the whole battle turned the moment they they revealed this man. They showed this man uh, with his with his crazy ass neck. <laughs> they gave him this title of vice admiral, and I feel like I feel like if this is your leader, that that would just demoralize me. I'm like, this is the man <laughs> who is supposed, supposed to lead me into battle. So I'm gonna give the the crazy neck award to to uh, vice admiral Red King. Be better. I, I hope I hope he can be better and lead his troops with a little bit more charisma going forward. That man definitely had a crazy neck, and I can see that being very demoralizing if if your 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 boss just has that many necks going all the way down, like eight of them. <laughs> like you would go into battle just thinking, man, we look silly. Yes. The award I would like to give out this week, and I had a whole different one that I was thinking of before, but I changed mine going into it because so I said, I'm gonna the name of the award is the you thought you something award, like you thought you something, because mm-hmm. you know who thought he was something, Vega Punk. This man yeah. showed up, and we had a whole thing about maybe he's dead. He's saying to go on without me. I don't even remember to put it in the review. We practiced the review three times and no one was like shouldn't you mention that vegapunk was like go on without me he's alive but he might be dying like we didn't even think about this chapter had so much going on this big scientist has been the center of the arc we've been hearing about this whole time might be dead and saying go on without me and we didn't even think twice we said vegapunk you thought you something we didn't even spare him a second thought. Yeah. We just wrote him off. <laughs> we just wrote him off. <laughs> Dang. You have any predictions for the next chapter? I'm just going with an easy one, man. Robin's been okay. kidnapped. We're going to find out that that's what the Blackbeard Pirates were here for. Yeah. Robin had been changed. Uh, you know, I'll modify it to the they, they did brain surgery or whatever. Katarina Devon was able to take it. Maybe she hadn't been kidnapped, but, you know. It's, it's like figurative brain surgery where Katarina okay. Devon, you know, uses her powers to like suck out okay. Robin's brain. But we're finding out that their their mission, we're going to find out in the next chapter, was accomplished and that they've taken Robin's knowledge. Shanks is making his move for the One Piece. So is Blackbeard right now. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. My prediction is, and it's more of a hope than a prediction, but my prediction is that Frankie is going to put in some real work against Kizaru this next chapter. We're on the Future Tech Island. This feels like an arc that should be significant for Frankie. And we've also we also saw stuff like at the beginning where it was like some like laser repelling technology and stuff like that. I want Frankie to get some kind of major tech boost in this arc and for him to be able to show that out against someone like Kizaru. So my prediction for the next chapter is that Frankie gets his big moment, his big combat moment against Kizaru. You know, man, I love that you want that for Frankie. I love that you you see him in this chapter kind of doing things. But we just had a whole arc in a whole samurai country. And Zoro barely even got a moment. He, like, barely yeah. got anything more than anyone else. So I'm well, he just got saying, conquerors. He got conquerors. He got conquerors. He got conquerors. But you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't really get that focus in that same way. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see. If Frankie gets his moment, I think all the Zoro stands are really going to be jealous about Zoro not getting any real background focus and then Frankie getting a real background focus. But I think it's a good point. It would be it would have been nice to have seen that to this point. I think it's something I'd like to see going yeah. forward. 
But now it's time to go into S class versus F class. Now we got a big one that Abraham is going to bring for us today. We said, you know, last time we've been doing a few smaller ones, one or two each time. We're going to go in depth with an Abraham Blackbeard theory because this 1107 is the Blackbeard week, the Blackbeard chapter. Abraham, give us your S class or F class theory. So this is from a YouTuber called The Hidden Island. I don't know if you've watched any of his videos. I've watched a couple. They were kind of hit or miss for me, but this one hit hard. Overall big picture summary is that Lafitte on Blackbeard's ship is has essentially been Blackbeard's advice. Sorry, I should say Lafitte is a, was a member of the Rocks Pirates and has been advising Blackbeard along every step of the way throughout his journey. To 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 yeah, that's that's the big picture summary, and then I'll go into like some of his evidence for all of that after. Interesting, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. definitely a very interesting premise because. One of the questions we have is how the mess does Blackbeard know all of these things? How does yeah. he know about the history of the world? How does he, you know, the, his ship is named the Saber of Zebek, and it doesn't even yeah. really seem like the normal person has any idea who the heck Zebek is. Yeah. Yep. And with someone being a mime, I don't know, even with some, there being something about Blackbeard's body being weird and all these kinds of things, with someone being a mime, I, I don't know why, but there's thematically, I don't even have any reason for it. Thematically, that just kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the one, you know, I'll get to the drawbacks that I see later, but go ahead, tell us more about why you think you like it, you know, because yeah. I, 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 so, I'm pretty intrigued in this theory. Yeah, so here's our, these are his points. So first, in the God Valley flashback that we get, we see all of these members, like a young white beard, a young big mom, a young Kaido, um, Captain John. And then there's one panel of a guy in like uh like one of the, uh, in a hat. He you you gotta look at this on your own time, but he legitimately looks a lot like Lafitte, and his face is kind of covered in like shadow and stuff. We can't really make out any details of his face, but his silhouette looks a lot like Lafitte. And the the uh, hidden goes on to point out that Lafitte is also from the West Blue, where God Valley is from, like where God Valley happened. And while God Valley happened 38 years ago and Lafitte is only 41, right, it, it wouldn't make sense. It, like, timeline was, you know, he was three during uh, the God Valley incident. But Hidden then goes on to say his, his, his theory is partially based off the idea that Lafitte has faked his own death at some point. So similar to how Kuro faked his mm. death early on in the series, he speculates that after God Valley that Lafitte faked his death, laid low at some someplace in the West Blue, eventually created a new character uh, and, and a new identity that he went by as Lafitte, where he was some sheriff. Um, and part of the reason why, part of the evidence that Hidden goes into uh, to support the idea that Lafitte might have faked his death is that there's a real-life pirate that Lafitte is based off called Ooh. Jean Lafitte, who, if you oh, look at his... <laughs> if you <laughs> look, look mon, mon ami. Rendezvous, Charles de I apologize to all of our French listeners right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. If we, have, if we have any French listeners, I apologize. We actually do have some Belgian listeners. So I don't know. 
They might speak some French <laughs> over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I grew up learning French. You know, I grew up learning French, Canadian French. So, you know, I've, right, I've learned right, the, right. The, that uh, the French people don't actually mess with the Quebecois like that. But So you, you knew you know forward. enough French to know that basically what I said was one, two, three, my friend. Yes. Like, you know, yes, yes no. Croissant. Uh, an, an airport's name, croissant. <laughs> I yeah. didn't even get to baguette, man. I didn't even get to baguette. <laughs> I, bro, I just but can't resist. I can't resist. I, I love this, I love the gibberish French. Jordan, let me tell you something. This guy, John Lafitte, in real life, if you go on his Wikipedia page, he has two dates and locations for his death because it's actually speculated in real life that this man faked his death and both of his death dates are 53 years apart. So it's there's complete ambiguity about whether or not where when and where this pirate in real life actually died. And he goes hidden also goes on to point out a lot of stuff about Lafitte. Like, you know, Lafitte is the only member of the Blackbeard Pirates that we haven't we don't we whose devil fruit we don't know about. He's the oldest member of the Blackbeard Pirates. He's the chief of staff. The way that we even get introduced to him is completely different from how right. we get introduced to the rest of the crew. They're all on Jaya right where where right, the straw right. hats meet up with them and this guy is halfway across the grand line he sailed halfway across the grand line on his own and snuck into uh uh marriage without any yeah, of these totally. elite elite members noticing him so he says all of this to say that lafitte is clearly hiding his power level and that yeah so he he he, he because... kind of puts all he puts all of this together to be like Lafitte was a member of the Rocks Pirates. He faked his death. He eventually found Blackbeard. Maybe he realized that Blackbeard was, you know, Rocks' legitimate son or whatever. And he's been feeding him all of this knowledge about the Rocks Pirates. He, you know, a lot of people also speculate that Blackbeard had a devil fruit before getting the, the Yami Yami Novi. Right. And Hidden also speculates maybe there were one of the treasures that was available on God Valley was something that a devil fruit that Lafitte was able to steal and feed to Blackbeard. And we just don't know about this devil fruit for the people who do believe in that whole idea. So I thought he did a great job of arguing uh, this point, especially once he started pulling from real life examples, because we know that a lot of the pirates uh, like jewelry, Bonnie, like, like Marshall D teach, like all of them are inspired by real life pirates and, like Oda intentionally pulls from real world history when creating some of these characters. Yeah, man. I'll even give you too the um the way he dresses in the show looks a lot like the way this dude in the Wikipedia page. Like if anyone's listening, just 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 go on Wikipedia, look up Jean Lafitte, uh, yeah. mon ami de toi rendezvous. Uh, the <laughs> Monsieur <laughs> Madame, the like. He's got a whole cloak on. Lafitte in the Wikipedia page has a cloak on. He's wearing a hat with a feather. I guess Lafitte doesn't have a hat with a feather, but, you know, he doesn't have a feather. But the hat looks pretty similar. It's kind of angled sideways. Like, his hat looks like it could have a feather on it thematically. Like, if you told me he had a feather on it, I would believe you. I think it's, it's really the resemblance is uncanny with faking his death and things like that and again i was reading through jaya recently just because it's an arc that i really really love and i was totally noticing like hmm, like what's up the fact that when we start knowing about mantra and knowing about 
observation hockey and the fact that these people can normally like sense someone coming up, the idea that someone's able to get into this room with admirals and all of these warlords and basically no one has Mihawk, any idea. Dolphy, like even yeah. Mihawk. Now, maybe Mihawk and Dofi were just like, ah, we'll just see what's going on. You know, I'm not threatened by this guy. We'll just see what happens. But the idea that he's running things is definitely interesting, especially just with knowing that things are up and weird with Blackbeard's body. I think that there's a possibility for there being something really intriguing there. The only thing I don't like is like, like you, like you think that he was running things with Blackbeard since Blackbeard was like a little child. Like he surely must have run into him later. But yeah. you know, at what point it seems really unclear. And we know that Blackbeard was looking for the dark, dark fruit and just sitting around on. Yeah. Whitebeard's ship waiting for that you know how, like how do you explain or respond to that idea yeah so hidden also he doesn't he doesn't frame it in that way but he draws an analogy to treble and doflamingo we know that mm. treble identified doflamingo as a young child and kind of groomed him and put you know these again he he, he played a large role in determining the type of pirate and empire that doflamingo ended up developing so and we we also see that with like Stoyson and Big Mom to some degree, right? So right. I I think that is kind of the that would be the idea of the theory, right? If he ran into Blackbeard as a young child and he was kind of mentoring him and being like, look, this is this is what you need to do in order to be successful, right? Try and find the yami yami no me. This is what it looks like. First, the the way that you're like most likely to get this is by joining Whitebeard ship. I don't know. I'm not. It's like. Like with most theories, right, it's – I would never say it's more likely than not. It's obviously, like, less likely to be true, but I think it's uh, really – it it can – there. it has almost all of its bases covered, and yep. it tr- really is a fascinating explanation for, like, their – the dynamic that we see between uh, Lafayette and Blackbeard. With a lot of parallels throughout the story, going yeah. all the way back to freaking Kuro, which is, you know, one of the ways that Oda tends to write. So I think there's no question. This is obviously an S-class theory. We got a lot of time out of it and everything. So thank you, Abraham, for bringing us this beautiful S-class theory that we had time to actually discuss. Man, we're just getting along well today, man. We're getting along well yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. We, we, we're, we're vibing. We're on the same wavelength today, man. And it's yeah, nice. Man, it's nice. I, you know, we don't. Contrary to what a lot of people think, I've, I've been called a contrarian before in the past. I feel like you've probably been labeled that before. Nah, no such thing. <laughs> no, no. That's what a contrarian would say, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I just, if if you if you say stuff that I've I I, I mess with, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say otherwise. I believe I saying, I, I love the wavelength that we're on today. If only That's what I'm saying I do. You could be this level headed every day. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's it's all these things. Honestly, I think it just hit different because you're bringing up all these messing around with, uh, messing around with with people having illegitimate kids, just like how Dragon and Jenny messed around and had uh, an illegitimate kid in Bonnie. Go so. out and ruin it. You got to go out and mess <laughs> up with the whole vibe. Yeah, man. But that's it for the the One Piece part of the show. As we start getting into the real world, you know, we're talking about illegitimate things happening, and comic book review we got a story about a lot of the illegitimate leakers of one piece who leak out spoilers i know you don't read these but me our friend samir who was on a little bit our friend joaquin read the spoilers every week and there's a huge community around people just checking taking leakers 
Uh, and a, some major leakers were arrested. According to Comic Book Review, Asahi reports that police station in Kumamoto, One Piece author Ichiro Oda's hometown, arrested two foreign citizens suspected of infringing upon Weekly Shonen Jump's copyright. They are accused of posting the latest chapters of Weekly Shonen Jump manga in both January and March 2023 before the re magazine's release date. The arrests have sent a wave through the leaking community with many closing down their websites, X accounts, formerly Twitter, and discords, discords through which these leaks are formally spread. We've seen a lot of these things just being shut down, just even from Manga Rock, Achiyomi, things like that. They shut down, uh, you know, they shut down, they seized their phones. Uh, a couple of them pled guilty to a couple of things. Abraham, what are you thinking, man? How do you, how do you react to this story? Yeah, yeah. So quick question. These people that got arrested, are they only putting out the spoilers or do they also put out the scans? Because from how I understand, the way that we get scans is that the people in Japan buy Shonen Jump before it's published online. And, you know, they like scan them online and, they, you know, they, that's how we get these, you know, rough translations. But So through these stories, it's people who... I believe I read in another story is people who work in some of the industries where they have stores where they're buying them wholesale before they actually go out. And obviously, if you're part of a store and you own a business and you get the magazine so they're able to actually go on shelves on the day that they're going out, you have them a couple of days in advance. And it's people who decide, hey, I'm going to go and take these photos. That's both how the scans are made and also how the, the leaks start coming out even before their scans, things like that. Right. And it normally goes short spoilers more advanced spoilers uh raws and then scans yeah okay so these people were responsible for spoilers and probably for the scans as well not not just those okay exactly um, and so what, what what we were told is that you know, some of the people like pew piece some of the big ones are safe read on seems to still be safe with some of the names of major spoilers but that we aren't going to be getting the same like wednesday evening raws i think the scans are still going to come out roughly around the same time but some of the spoilers that came out earlier in the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, are not going to be out. They're going to be a, a day later. Yeah, so big important thing. I do agree we should be supporting the official release. I have a Viz subscription, even though I don't really read the chapters on Viz. Because the translations, the translate, the official translations, they don't always read as well as the like unofficial translations right i've had someone tell like basically describe it to me as it sounds like ai or like a robot like wrote the official translation sometimes and right? it's just it's not how english is typically it might be like technically accurate but it's not necessarily how english is spoken like day to day so, you know, there, there I, might be some I, times that maybe you don't understand uh, the official transition being better. And, you know, maybe your friends uh, maybe explain to you that the ways that the scanlations <laughs> are wrong and they kind of give you wrong ideas, things like that about it. You know, I, I can't think of any exact times or friends who might have done that from their understanding of Japanese either. that you doubted and hated on. But the, I'm just saying there might be some times that if the official only. translation might, you know, you might be missing something with, with the, the I need I need more friends in my life who, who I can rely on for their Japanese fluency. I just, you know. <laughs> you know you have at least one you know you have at least one you have a good friend you know at least one good friend yeah, who, you, know, you know cyrus cyrus my friend cyrus does speak japanese fluent maybe like two friends you know maybe you got two <laughs> that's good to know I don't, I, i'm not thinking of anyone in, in mind yeah. but i know maybe you have at least two you know that's, that's all i'm saying you know cyrus and maybe like one other friend somewhere maybe maybe um 
Yeah, so I do think official release should be supported. But they also do things like, you know, they spell Zoro as Zolo. I, and I also want to, it's it's a thing where I want to consume content as quickly as possible. And I understand waiting from like Thursday to Thursday is not any different from waiting for right. Monday to Monday. <laughs> right. It's still a week either way. But right. I want to get the content as early as I can personally, as long, and you know, with, with reasonable quality. So as long as you're supporting the official release, I don't see any problem in consuming scanlations from their strictly like a business perspective. I get them going after these scanlations because you know they're messing with their 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 own business. So I'm not I'm not hating on like Viz or Shueisha or whatever for for going after these people that are um leaking leaking the chapters early, but strictly from a consumer perspective, I I don't see any problem with people reading spoilers or scans and whatnot, especially if they're supporting the official release. Man, well, you know, our friend, Sean, who, you know, hey, Sean, shout out. If you, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, he, he basically, when he heard we had a podcast, he subscribed immediately. And so if you made it all this way through, shout out, Sean, hit me up. Let me know Love if you, you actually made it. Love you, Sean. But our friend, Sean, you know, he was, he was, he was like, you better be supporting the official release. You know, you're grown, you make money, you, you know, and you know he's right. I totally endorse. But man, it's fun to get in the spoilers every week. It, it gives me like four days of new One Piece content where I get oh, I get a little, I get a little some some a little taste, you know, on Wednesday or Tuesday night, Wednesday, like ooh, a couple little things. I know what's about chapters about. Maybe a couple days later, I don't get the art, but I know I get to see the full thing. You know, the full summary of the chapter, telling me everything that's there. Then there's even the raws occasionally where you know. Normally, the quality is so rough that you can't really read the Japanese or definitely for me as someone who's like, you know, not a native speaker, like it's it's kind of a pain to actually like look through. But it's like I, I get like four days of like new One Piece content a week. And that's really that's really hard to turn down, man. I, I That's really hard to turn down getting to not just have it one day a week. Um, but honestly, like to me. You know, I endorse everyone going out and paying for it. Again, I read it occasionally on Sonen Jump, but mostly read it um, online. But I would yeah. really, to me, it's really a matter of like, I just think it's really interesting about what this means for the community of One Piece and people reading it and like what this is going to mean for being able to get scanlations of things uh, in the, the future. Other thing I want to bring up is that I don't think Viz is available in every country. And it's definitely there's a definitely a bunch of languages that there are not translations available for. And right, so, right, right. Fans do actually fulfill a like an important role for those uh, those communities, right? Hey, bro, but you know the British went out here and colonized everyone, so everyone speak English, so it's cool. Yeah, so we're good. <laughs> I'm chilling. Hey, thank you, the British. We appreciate you yeah. for colonizing the world, so everyone can read the the English. Official scams. Yeah. That's definitely a net positive uh, that the British brought to the world. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, joke. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. In, in, <laughs> in terms of how it's going to affect how people read and discuss One Piece, I think the place where it ha probably will have the biggest impact is on something like Twitter, right? Because, you know, spoilers drop and Everybody wants to be the first one, like, you know, it's like the whole first comment thing when people click on a video and they just type first comment for whatever. Right. Everybody wants to be the first. 
for whatever reason. Right. And maybe it'll keep people from being able to spoil others who don't want to. You know, you happen to see something on your, your timeline for whatever reason because a buddy of yours is like posting about One Piece spoilers, tweeting about One Piece spoilers. And that, yeah. I think I think most people have pretty good etiquette uh, about about um protecting people who don't want to read spoilers from from those, but that that's I guess yeah that's where I think the the biggest effect will kind of happen because everyone will still get to read the latest chapters on the official when those come out. We might have to wait a couple more days if the scans start to get delayed or if the scans stop coming right. out, but ultimately people won't. People won't be able to keep on. And the other thing I should say is the latest, even if you, let's say you can't afford to read Viz because you can't afford the subscription. If you're up to date on the manga, the I think the latest three chapters are free to read even without a subscription on Viz. So you can still keep up with the series without paying for a subscription if the scans were to go down. So I don't ultimately think it'll be that burdensome for anyone. It just might hamper a little bit of the discourse that happens on like one piece twitter yeah man well you know if uh, if one of your friends is spoiling you like that man you might have to break up with him no i'm good i'm not really on i'm not really on twitter like that so the but only how would you, the only time but how, but only how would time you do I, it abraham but how would you do it if i had to off oh if i had to break up with a, a <laughs> yeah man break up with a, a friend or break yeah, up man. with a <laughs> You know, if you had man. to break up with someone, man, how would you do it? Okay, so I'll tell you. I want to start off by telling. I'll I'll start. I'll tell you how I would do it. I've only had to break up with someone once, because I've only been in like one ever really meaningful relationship, like long term relationship. And for me, I was very honest with this girl. I basically went to her apartment, and then I was like, "You want to go for a walk?" went on a walk in the park and I didn't I didn't tell her everything in terms of why we why I felt like we needed to break up because I thought some I, I didn't think she was ready to hear some of the things that she needed to hear but I was very straight up with her where I was like I think we want different things in life and long term I just don't think we're going to be compatible with one another I think you're a great person but we should both move on and I told, I remember telling my cousin uh, this story and he kind of laughed and he called me an asshole, right? <laughs> I was like, why am I an asshole? I feel like, you know, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. And he told me this crazy story. He's, he's like, if I ever am, am seeing someone and the relationship is just a dud, you know, it's not going anywhere. He said, I start acting extremely toxic. I start doing all this. Oh crazy... no, he's that dude. Oh my yeah, he's god! Like, I start doing this crazy <laughs> toxic stuff to eventually oh, dude, get no. this girl to break up with me. And well, here's the reasoning. He's like that way. When she breaks up with me, she can be like, oh, she like she has the power. She has the upper hand in like the breakup relationship because he's like I'm giving her the agency to to dump me instead of me going up to her and just ending ending it with her and he's like in his opinion is <laughs> like that's the kind of thing to do to, no, to give it. I was it's like, like oh, it's like that's what? one of the like, craziest let, like, things let I've me ever treat heard. someone bad let me treat someone bad for like 
months because if you're in a long relationship too like they're not gonna break up with you for being a douche for like a week they're gonna be like what's going on let's talk about it it's like oh you're gonna make this incredibly frustrating for them be like why did my partner like go in a shell start being a douche like how did i fail in this way right like how did i fail as a partner to be able to work through this or to be able right like and then they're going to have absolutely no closure. It's just gonna be like they're doing it because you're a douche who was like unwilling to work through it. That's not going to make the right. Like I broke up with my last girlfriend politics and I told her, you know, straight up what it was. We were having a whole conversation. There were, there were tears, there was hugging, there was breakup sex, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's hard to do, but giving someone like treating her badly until she wanted to break up with me was not going to be the answer. And that wasn't going to somehow make it easy for her. Right. It wasn't hard for me. It wasn't easy for me to break up with her just because it was my choice. It was like, dang, I feel like I still love this person and I'm breaking up with them. And I'm really sad about it because I realized it's become untenable. You're just putting them in that position. But before that, giving them like months probably of a really bad relationship and you being a toxic douche. Like, yeah. plus, like, you know, people talk. I'm like, like, maybe you're in a big city. Maybe maybe you're in Toronto and you don't really have to worry about that. But it's like, you don't want your reputation starting to be, oh, this dude, like, when he gets in a relationship is that dude. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I agree. That's what I, I told them. I was like, that, like, Bro, that's some that's some crazy shit. I would never even cross my mind to try and pull some shit like that off. That's some eight, like I know a dude who did that in eighth grade, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You're in eighth grade, <laughs> but once we're like grown adults, like you know, you got and like it, it, it's annoying because people still ghost even though we're grown. People still are afraid of conversations even though we're grown. And like to me, that's one of the things where when you're emotionally mature, you should be able to take the time and say the kindest oh. thing is not lying to this person. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe maybe a little omission. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, like maybe a little yeah. omission. Yeah. But we don't need to to be like when you say that you're deliberately being toxic to try and be kind to someone, I promise you you're being more toxic than you are being kind. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's for sure. I want to just real quick because you you reminded me of a different breakup story from a uh, a friend a friend of mine. Good, because I got this one I more after to... this too. I got one more after this yeah. too. So go ahead. <laughs> this is kind. Of, this is a funnier story, right? And <laughs> a crazy story. So this guy was dating dating this girl, mm. and she kind of pushed his boundaries in a way that he wasn't comfortable with. He he would say like you know the one the one big incident that I remember him telling me about specifically was she had been insisting on him meeting her parents for a while. They had only been going out for like a couple months too. And he was like, I'm not ready to meet your parents. I don't want to do that yet. And she said, okay. One day she's like, they have dinner plans. They He goes to meet her for dinner and her parents are at the table with her. And she just kind of like mm. ambushed him with... <laughs> oh, no. Her her parents at, at, oh, at dinner. no, 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 no. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Yeah. So he shows up. He's obviously stays and has dinner and whatnot, but he was seething because he could have showed he up. He, believe... stayed, he stayed stayed for dinner. Yeah, he stayed for dinner. He must have been hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If I if I ate at any point in the last three days and that happened to me, I'm going yeah. home. 
or I'm going to Burger King. I'm going to McDonald's. I don't even care if it's anywhere I'm not eating. It's yeah. with the girl who just broke up with me and her parents. No. Yeah. No, no, no. So they, they didn't just break up, but like they were, they were still together. He was just, he, yeah, he was, he was, he's also someone who, he, he, he doesn't, I don't think he likes being, well, I, I don't want to say he doesn't like being confrontational because he can be confrontational if he wants. But I guess he, in his opinion, him showing up and them seeing him, he was already stuck in that situation. Maybe it just didn't cross his mind to leave. But I'll tell you how he responded. He responded by oh, texting. No. He responded by texting her the next day being like, you crossed the line with that, you know, last night or however, you know, last uh, right, last whatever, night whatever it was. and uh it's over more or less you know you've been you right. these these are some some boundaries that you you're crossing and he breaks up with her over text and then proceeds oh, no. to block her on everything oh <laughs> man bro bro <laughs> oh my god dude my one of my boys i, I can't i'm not gonna say his name on it because that doesn't oh yeah. you got more you got more because the, the story's not done yet uh, man, I, I got a whole breaking up on text and blocking story, man. <laughs> man, we got too many of these stories, man. I no, no, no. <laughs> I promise you, the story keeps on building. Okay, right, right, right. Then a couple, maybe a couple months later or whatever, my brother is dating some new girl as, and uh, he brings her to like a party with like some of his, some of his boys and whatnot, and he finds out that he's actually dating the girl that my friend had broken up with this girl. Oh, Kate. no. Oof. And, and, you know, there were clues the whole time. She was like, man, I just got out of this relationship with this East African guy. He broke my heart. <laughs> he blocked all of these things. Right, and there's right, not right. a lot of East African people in, like, our neighborhood, you know, that are around our Yeah, age. yeah, 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 brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. he had really been thinking about it, he might have been able to put it together. But then, like, it all comes to a head and... They show up at this party and she's like, Matthew? And he's like, why is this chick here? And then he finds out this <laughs> my brother's new girlfriend. And oh, no. I mean, my, he's still dating this girl. They've been dating for a little while now. Uh, we'll see them, how, how that relationship ends up going. But it was just crazy. <laughs> she <laughs> And she's still blocked on everything. He still has her blocked on everything, despite the fact that he's, my brother is dating this girl now. That's so funny, man. I mean, you know, hey, look, your brother, you know, it's like you might not have done the things your friends did, but you don't judge your friends. You know, you don't, <laughs> I mean, unless they cross certain lines, there are certain lines that if my friends cross them. I do not respect them. But, hey, you know, we all make yeah. some uh, some crazy decisions, man. So, so let's hear your story. I want to hear your story. about. Oh, man. I, I'm like, can we just do another segment on this next week? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got more breakup stories and everything, man. I just I, my buddy. My buddy had a girl who she was Kenyan, the ambassador's wow. daughter. And Whoa. she, yeah, man, it was crazy. And so, you know, she basically, you know, she's traditional Kenyan, like, and she, they've been in it for like three months. And she was like, I would have expected to be married by now. And you have, and be having kids at like six months. And he's like, I thought we were just like started being, I don't, I don't even know we were boyfriend and girlfriend yet. I so she's they're starting to have these conversations about this, those kinds of things, you know. 
Now, and I say, you know, this man, he's a, he's a big fan of tea, you know, and we say, you know, he, you know, he, he, he always drinking the black tea, you know what I'm saying? He drinking the black oh. tea. <laughs> my no, man, no my milk man. in his tea. Nah, no milk. He's, he's has, he's had some, he's had some milk in the tea before. He's had some white tea, you know, cause you know, I got, you know, I got milk in my tea, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but, but this man liked the black tea and he's in this relation. He, he's kind of hanging out with her. He's not even really getting to fully drink the tea, you know. He's kind of sipping because she's so traditional. He's like, she's like, you know, you gotta wait to sip this tea for a long mm -hmm. time. And she goes home to she goes on a trip to the US and starts just like texting him about, oh, you know, I really miss or like, oh, you know, all these guys here trying to talk to me, everyone wants me. Oh, actually, I'm gonna block you right now, and because you know you don't, you say you don't want to get married. She's texting all, all these crazy. She says you say you don't want to get married. I can't deal with this. I'm gonna block you and everything right now. We're never gonna talk. And I was actually hanging out with him, visiting him at this point, and he's just showing me his phone. He's like, I, I would have liked to have been able to say something to her. Just <laughs> like maybe we have a conversation. <laughs> uh <laughs> That's wild. Homegirl just went. Does she cold. think these guys in the U.S. are gonna wipe her after three months? No, man. I mean, I think if she went down to if she went back to Kenya, they would. But man, it was it was it was something crazy, man. It's hard to believe. Uh, yeah, my buddy lives somewhere that's not in the U.S. But you know, it was really hard to believe. Like just watching him, he just go through this. He was just like, I don't know what to do. But the even the wildest thing, when she came back, she unblocked him, and then they're back together. <laughs> <laughs> but my, I don't even my favorite know. moment from this relationship is because me and him had this joke about the tea for a long time. We started call, talking about black tea. You got the you got that coffee down in South America. You know you got that mm. green tea over in in Asia. You know you got some white tea, a lot of white tea in America, things like that. So you know we there's a lot of different varieties of tea that you can drink. And she she went he, she dropped him off at the airport. And mm -hmm. I was, she, 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 he was picking her up at the airport after this trip and he was dropping me off because I was leaving at the same time. And she said, what are you going to miss about this country that you're visiting? You know? And I said, you know, I just really love the, the black tea here. <laughs> I just, <laughs> black tea here is so good. She said to him after, Jordan's such a weird guy of all the things that you could uh, be missing, the black tea. Not even knowing the whole time. They're right in front of her. <laughs> right in front of her. Oh, my God, bro. You're too messy. <laughs> I would say, I feel like how how much you'd have to humble yourself to unblock someone and then DM them to be like, hey, you want to get back together after your last message was, we're breaking up and I'm blocking, I'm blocking you. We're never going to. Like, I feel like there's there's no coming back after that original message, right? You know, man, you're just, we're just going to chalk this thing up to cultural differences. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's like, crazy. I'm just saying, yeah, that's, you know, I, I, could, I couldn't humble myself like that. They're back together. They're doing good. Like, maybe she was playing mind games. I'm just going to chalk this up to cultural differences, and I'm just very happy for the two of them being in this, uh, you know, what seems to be a beautiful relationship. Now let's see if they stay in love for another, uh, see if they stay in love for another uh, however many months. We'll see. We'll see. But that's it, man. That's the show. It's been a great time. Abraham's your smart friend wearing his Washington University Saint in St. Louis School of Medicine shirt. I'm your mm -hmm. fast friend running all these miles. Although, you know, I got to get over this long code before I can do it. Like, comment, subscribe. 
Give us some ratings. We'd love to get even more than the three that we actually have. Right now, we're about to get four episodes over 20 listens. They're three at 19 right now. So keep hitting our, hitting your friends up. Tell them to listen to the show. Listen to the old episodes. We hope you're going to love it. We think you will. And we're having fun. Uh, more to come next week. Peace. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Take care.